0: Many bands inspire to be timeless or have a sound that transcends the whims of musical fashion, but the Cranberries are one of the few to have achieved that. With the unmistakable voice of the late Dolores O'Riordan leading the way, the Cranberries were taking the world by storm, one amazing anthem after another. With songs like Dreams, Linger, and Zombie, there simply was no stopping them. Though the Cranberries had their share of troubles and heartaches, their music continues to live on in our hearts, our minds, and in our soul. So let's take it back to that little town in Limerick, Ireland, where the legacy all began, on this episode of MicroBreak. micro Break is a weekly podcast that dives into the history of famous people places and things From Elvis Presley to the birth of the internet, I will take you down memory lane each and every week. Let's face it, history can be boring, but my witty and wacky personality keeps things lighthearted and fun. Most episodes are under 20 minutes, and a new one is released each and every week. I'm your host, Michael J. Mayone. Subscribe today and be educated and entertained. Microbreak, a podcast for humans with the attention span of a goldfish. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of MicroBreak, the podcast for humans with the attention span of a goldfish. I'm your host, Michael J. Mayone, and this is episode 99. Wow, we've got a special 100th episode coming very, very soon, and it will mark 100 official episodes since MicroBreak started. We're still pretty much on point with the format. We really haven't changed too much. So how's everybody doing? I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody's as excited as I am to get to 100 episodes. If you're new to the show, don't forget to subscribe. And if you like what you hear today, rate and review the show. Very, very important. Dolores O'Riordan was the lead singer for the Cranberries. Now, there was a lot of bands I can pick from, but this one's very close to my heart. I grew up listening to this music. It was really the 90s for me, and that's really when they were super popular here in the United States. I'd say 93, 94 for sure, and I could speak firsthand because I saw them perform live at Woodstock 94, folks. Yes, and they were incredible. ¡Claro! I thought it would be best to grab this directly from cranberries.com forward slash biography because if it's out there under their domain this has got to be the most accurate information in my opinion we're going to skim through in the essence of micro break through their history we're going to get to hear some tracks here and there, little snippets, if you will, of some of their songs for folks that maybe have never even heard of this band. Now, yeah, they were around, popular here in the US in the 90s, but they actually came from Ireland, from Limerick. So let's read this a little bit. Let's dive in, because it's been over three decades, and they were really just four people. So you had the singer, songwriter, and musician, she played guitar as well, and other instruments, Dolores O'Riordan. And co-songwriter and lead guitarist, Noel Hogan. I think I got his name right. I wanna say I did. Bassist was Mike Hogan, and drummer was Fergal Lawler. So the biography jumps right in to their final album. It kinda starts at their final album because the biography was written in 2018. And by doing that, they released an album in April of 2019 called In The End. And one of my favorite songs from that album is Wake Me When It's Over. Great song. So there's some great songs on that as well. But that raw, grungy indie sound was really the 90s for the most part. And then beyond that. So I'm just kind of reading what it says here. Well, the album, of course, was their final album. And they considered that album, in the end, amongst the most complete works they have ever produced. So now you're going to have to check out the album. I think you can hear it on Spotify. It's remarkable to look back and think just how much of a cultural force the Cranberries have been, not only in Ireland, UK, and US, but across the globe. Over their career, they have sold more than 40 million albums, making them one of the world's biggest rock acts as well as a staple on tv and film soundtracks through all their success though they had never compromised on their key trait an honesty and directness that cuts to the soul and you can hear that in the song zombie that was the instrumental that i played in the intro wow powerful lyrics in that song powerful central to their expression of emotional truth of course has been dolores her amazing voice it was an instrument that could be angelically soft or blisteringly angry and was a match for opera legend, get this, Luciano Pavarotti, <laughs> when they duetted on an enduringly stunning rendition of Ave Maria in 1995. Oh. friends, I wanted to talk to you about a new app I discovered called Newsly. Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It searches the web for the most trending topics and reads them to you in a natural human voice. It's like having your very own news journalists browse content from sports, science, technology, entertainment and much more. They even have podcasts and MicroBreak is no exception. Download and start listening to the free Newsly app today. Even better, use the promo code in the show notes below to receive one month of newsly premium for free now stop scrolling and start listening so let's go back to the 80s where it all began they all basically met in limerick when lawler and the two hogan brothers met as teenagers growing up in limerick they shared a love for groups like the cure and the smiths and they decided to try their hand at rock music initially they formed a quartet with a male singer the guy didn't work out thank goodness and then he left at which point, they suggested his girlfriend's friend, who came from Ballybricken, a small town outside of Limerick, as a replacement. Well, guess who that was? When Dolores came to audition for them, she was quiet as a mouse, as Noel recalls, until she sang, and they were blown away. Her voice was something special. Dolores, in return, thought that the boys were really tight and sounded great. It was a lovely potential band that needed an amazing singer and direction. There was no question that they had found their fourth member. The band gained not only a compelling front woman, but a brilliant musician. From a young age, Dolores learned classical piano and played piano and sang in her church in the choir. She used to take lessons after school, go home, do her homework, and then go to bed. That was basically her young routine. So constantly learning how to play piano, When she was 17, she self-taught herself guitar. Above and beyond her training, she had an amazing ear for music, said Noel. She was streets ahead of the rest of us in the beginning. But that was a good thing. It forced all of us to up our game. So as songwriters, Noel and Dolores gelled immediately while forming their own particular way of working together. From the very beginning, they never wrote in the same room together. (laughs) Back then, Noel would lay down guitar parts on a cassette And then he would give it to Dolores and she would develop verses and choruses that were basically in her head at the time. For the first couple of years, the band wrote like crazy. And Noel recalls that it was a good thing because he didn't know how long they were going to be together and he wanted to get as much produced as physically possible, as much recorded as possible. And that's what they did. At the same time, after their demo of Linger, did the record company rounds over in London, They quickly became the talk of the industry. In the summer of 1991, following a gig at the University of Limerick, they signed to Island Records. The reason they chose that celebrated label was because of Denny Cordell, the legendary record producer, who was at the time at Island's A&R. Seeing their long-term potential, he promised to allow the band a chance to develop at their own pace and suggested. They get some touring under their belt as soon as possible. So that following year, they began recording their debut album called Everybody Else Is Doing It. So Why Can't We? (laughs) And of course, a huge success. I mean, when I say a huge success, I mean a huge success. Dreams was on that album. Sunday, Linger. These are huge, huge tracks. And anybody that's a huge Cranberries fan, Loves all 12 tracks. The album's title was Dolores' creation, as every album title was. It expressed perfectly their determination to succeed. Elvis wasn't always Elvis, she said. He wasn't born Elvis Presley. He was a person who was born in a random place. Why shouldn't a band from a small city in the southwest of Ireland get signed? Conquer the world and make a great record. I love that. And conquer they did. The success of Everybody Else Is Doing It, So Why Can't We, remains remarkable. After being released in the UK in March of 1993, the album really took off a few months later when Linger was picked up by a college radio station in America and the band subsequently toured across the Atlantic. It would go on to hit number one in both Ireland and the UK and sell more than 6 million copies worldwide. After that, no one would have expected Zombie, the lead-off single from the 1994 second second album, No Need to Argue, and an era-defining howl of rage inspired by the IRA Warrington bombings, which left two boys dead. It saw Dolores fiercely against the violence of the Irish conflict over distorted hard rock guitars. It was a turning point for us, recalls Noel. I always remember the day she came up with it we were in a tiny little shed in Limerick where we were rehearsing. She came in and started playing it on the acoustic guitar and we played along, but she was like, no, no, this needs to be heavy. It's an angry song and it needs to reflect that. having an immense culture impact, it was transformative for the band musically. We learned from that song that we can do a lot with aggression, and particularly live. It made a massive difference to us because we became this loud, anthemic band all of the sudden, said Noel. So yeah, I mean they took that harder sound and carried it on to their next album and so forth. And you can hear it throughout all their albums from that moment forward. So tons of albums. Of course, this is micro break. So we're gonna have to jump ahead a little bit to get us to the end of this episode. Of course, the music is the most important thing here, folks. And if you haven't really listened to the cranberries and you've been missing out for a very long time, but what happened to the band? What happened to Dolores? Well, we're gonna have to go to another news source for that information, because cranberries.com does not mention any of that. So we're going to head on over to YouTube, and we're going to listen to the band members of the Cranberries speak about Dolores' death. But she had died at the age of 46 due to alcohol intoxication. She actually drowned. And this information is all over the internet. It's everywhere. But basically, she was in Park Lane Hilton Hotel and she was on a 2018 tour and they found her face down, drowned. They said that the medication in her body was within legal limits, but she had 330 milligrams of alcohol per 100 milliliters of blood. So that was over the legal limit by more than four times. And sadly, that's what took her life. She probably passed out. We don't know exactly how it all happened, but it definitely sounds accidental. Now, a lot of people didn't know this. I personally did not know this, but until after her passing is that she suffered from a lot of pain and it caused a lot of depression as well. And the pain mostly was her back. Because if you look at some of the older videos, you'll see the guitar was quite heavy. And I think that catches up to you after years and years and years of playing live and dancing around on stage with a guitar, and uh, well, ultimately that was her demise. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to roll this clip now, and you're going to hear this interview. I'm sorry, I don't know who the interviewer is, but these are the band members, and they're talking about releasing the final album in the end. To continue to honour her legacy. Some days it doesn't sink in because it was so sudden and so shocking and unexpected, you know. Yeah. Especially when we were uh, doing the recording of the album as well, we were we just the first the first few days was a bit strange, but then once we got into it we just we just got going and got the work done, but you were expecting her to come come in door at some stage and say it wasn't right or something like that <laughs> And it is the final Cranberries yeah. album? Yeah. Yeah, like we, you know, Doris was like a massive, massive part of this band. So um, it's never been really a question for any of us to to continue on. But I think, you know, she was really, really excited about getting back into the studio and doing this album. So when we kind of went through the songs and realized how strong we felt this album was to not do it would have been kind of, a, you know, the, the wrong thing to do. Well, there you have it, folks. That's the episode. And unfortunately, it's a little sad thing at the end here, but it is the reality. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you learned a little bit about the Cranberries. I hope you have a newfound respect for them if you already listen to their music. And just keep in mind that the music can live on and on in our hearts, our minds, and our soul. so again please remember to rate and review the podcast if you haven't already and you can follow me at twitter at micro underscore break that's micro underscore break and interact with me there and by the way before i end this we've got our 100th episode anniversary special coming up 100 episodes that is right i can't even believe i'm saying it out loud and that's coming up next week So you're going to definitely want to check that one out. So now I'm going to end it. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.